Praise God. Well, we're going to spend some time in the Word this morning, and uh, this is why we came to church. And, uh, you know, if, if, if somebody came and said, you know what, the earth is no longer going to hold us, we got to start sending expeditions to, the, to Mars for us to start living. And we're all going to have to start learning how to live on a different planet in a different atmosphere. And we needed to all start going to class once a week because our life depended on it, because things are going to operate differently in that kingdom than they do in this kingdom, we would all show up for those classes. Amen? We would all show up because it would be life-saving. It would be how we are going to survive in an atmosphere different than the one that we're in. That's what church really is about. We're trying to learn how to live in a different kingdom. And our life sometimes depends on it. Amen? If we don't know our authority, if we don't know our place, then we become subject to whatever happens to us. And we were not created, listen to me, nobody in this room was created to be a statistic. You were created for a reason and with a purpose, and you're here because God wanted you here at this time because you have a mission to accomplish. But we have to get into the book. We have to be taught so that we can know what our weapons are. If you're a fighter pilot, when you get that airplane, it comes with different types of weapons. And guess what? No pilot goes, I don't need to know about that weapon. No, no. That pilot wants to know the capabilities of every weapon on that airplane, both offensive and defensive, because when the dogfight happens and you're in the air with somebody else, you need to know what's at your disposal. And I'm going to be honest with you, we're in a life and death battle right now with an enemy that doesn't take a day off. He's 24-7. This month of October, watching it just go over and over and over with just this onslaught of the occult and of demonic activity, all associated with this little cute thing called Halloween. We got to push back. Amen. You've got to push back. And the only way that we can push back is by the Spirit. We got to take our place. Amen. And so I'm just honored. I'm thankful that you came to church this morning. Was anybody challenged? Okay, close your eyes. Was anybody challenged about going to church today? All right, I see you. I looked. No, all of us. I got up at six this morning going, Lord, is this really my calling? It's six o'clock in the morning. No. At 6.01, I was up. But we all get challenged in this area. Listen to me. The time that you are here this morning is not wasted. This stuff today, if we can get into this for ourselves, if we can find out what God's word says for us today, it can propel you and catapult all of us into what God has for us next. But it's our job. We got to sit and put ourselves in a place of being taught. Amen? I like, um, I like it all. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 13, and this is a verse that we shared last week. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 13. It says, all your children shall be taught by the Lord. And great shall be the peace of thy children. That word peace means completeness. It means soundness. It means welfare. 
it means secure, it means prosperity, and it means safety. When we get taught the word of God, it will bring peace into our lives. Amen? We have to have something to act on. When we got saved, it wasn't just the end of the road for us. It was really just the beginning. It's kind of like the marriage. Has anybody been watching any of the marriage stuff Pastor Michelle and I have been doing on Living With Purpose? Amen? You know, the funny thing that I remember is that a husband and wife, they're, they're a man and woman, they're going to get married. And guess what? Ladies, how long have you been planning your wedding? Since you were like seven. Right? All you were waiting for was the eligible bachelor to come in just to fill that one missing spot. But you got everything else covered, right? You know where you want to get married. You know how you want to get married. You know the pastor that you want to do it. You know all those things. And so all of a sudden you go into this. How many of you remember, ladies, when you got married, how much work it took just to do it? Was it a ton of work? It was, it's so much work. You're, you're getting linens, you're getting candles, and there's got to be music and the invitations and all that kind of stuff. And men, we're just kind of like, doo -doo 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 -doo. we know nothing. All we're concerned about is the honeymoon. Like, let's just get to the honeymoon and everything will be great. But we put all the effort into the wedding and we put none into the marriage. Because that next day, when you wake up after the wedding, all your friends are not there. Your mom and dad are gone. And you roll over and you look at him and he looks at you and you go, ha, ah, can you give me some coffee? I thought you were gonna give me some coffee. And guess what? It begins. It begins. And ladies, you found out because you were so excited to be married to this man finally that you're gonna get up that first day and you're gonna make him that breakfast in bed and you're gonna make him feel like the little king that he thinks he is. And then the next day, he lays there and he looks at you like, do it again, mama. And you're like, wait a minute. What I just did to be a blessing to you, now you're expecting every day for the rest of your life. That ain't gonna float, baby. Am I preaching anybody this morning? Salvation is just the beginning. It's the marriage. And a lot of work went into it. And it's the most wonderful. There is no greater miracle you'll ever experience than yourself getting born again or being there when another person is led to the Lord. There's no greater miracle. If you're looking for miracles, there's miracles. It's getting somebody born again. But now God gave us the whole New Testament, the epistles, and this is how we are to learn how to live our life in the earth, which is just gonna be a short time. We all understand we're just down here for a cup of coffee. In the realm of, uh, that's, that's gonna help somebody this morning. We're, this is not our home, we're from above. Our residency is not in the earth, it's in heaven. And so while we're here, God teaches us, this is how we live. You know, there's very, very few commands in the Bible. The number one command, though, is what? Love one another. That's our number one thing. That, if we could just get that one thing right, everything else would become easy to us. 
if we could just learn how to use our faith and love one another. But guess what? We have to be taught. Salvation now gives me the position where I can do these things. Before, I couldn't do it without him. I couldn't forgive. I, there's no way I could do the things that I did before I got born again. After I got born again, I knew I was saved. How did you know you were saved, Pastor Jack? I got turned from a taker into a giver, and I could not do that on my own. You did not want me in your house before I was saved. I would steal from you, lie to you, rob to you, take advantage of you. And that was family. Imagine to what I did to people I didn't like. I'm kidding. A little bit. No. But we have to be taught. And what I really feel strongly from the Lord is that we need to take church a little bit more seriously and we need to put ourselves in a position where I can receive teaching. Not my teaching, his teaching. Amen? What are my credentials for being up here? Well, I got saved. It'll be 31 years in February. I worked here in this church for three years. Before it was here, it was somewhere else, before we were in this facility. I went to a Bible school. I got a four-year degree from a Bible school. Two years was in class. The other two years was uh, mentoring. I worked for Dr. Savell. I came back on staff for 20 years here, studying, learning, growing, and now we've been senior pastors for three years. Those are my credentials to teach the Word of God. I'm not a novice in this. I'm not just a flash. There are a lot of guys and girls that can preach so much better than me, but they never stayed anywhere long enough to develop the character to go with it. And they're all gone today. So what I am doing with you today is something that I personally have done every day of my Christian life, and that is spend time in the Word of God and expect God to speak to me from it. And guess what? He does every single time. He talks to me every single time. Do you know that you can talk to God just like Jeremiah did? God, oh righteous God, you are good and just. I humbly ask you, what is going on down here? What is this? We can ask him questions, but we have to put ourselves in a position to hear his answers. And we have to separate ourselves. We cannot be Egyptians trying to live like the promised people, like the promised land. We have to be, we have to act according to the calling in which he's called us with. When Jesus Christ calls you, and, and we've all been called, if you're born again, raise your hand if you're born again. Guess what? You were called. And that calling is God's greatest opportunity that he can ever give anyone is to come into his kingdom. There's no greater deal. He says, Jack, this is the best deal that I have for you. Have you ever gone to buy a car and you finally, after hours of striving with that salesperson, it comes to this, Mr. Pigeon, this is the best deal that I can give you. And you go, Go back and talk to your manager one more time. When God comes to you with salvation, he's saying, this is a deal of a lifetime. I cannot make a better offer to you with all that I have with me or in me. This is my best deal to you. Receive it. And when we receive that, 
calling. Now it's my responsibility to live a life that's equal to that calling. The only way that I can do that is to spend time in his word. Because now I know what are the qualifications to that calling. What have I signed up for? How many of you, when you got married, I don't know why we're picking on married people today, but we're gonna do it because my wife's not in here. I'm kidding. How many of you got marriage counseling before you got married? All right, let's stop here. How many of you are married? Raise your hands. How many of you got marriage counseling before you got married? How many of you, put your hands down, wish now after being married that you would have gotten more counseling than you got? Every hand in the room. <laughs> Some of you are standing up with both hands waving, yes. Because you don't know what you don't know. We thought we had this. We thought I love her, she loves me, we both love me a lot and that's gonna be great. I mean, I had some, and I came from good stock. I mean, I had a good marriage lived out in front of me. My parents didn't fight or yell or throw things that we knew of. They didn't cheat on each other. My dad came home every night. My mom cooked a great meal. We had a great dinner time together. We, 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 well, we thought we lived the, the, the perfect life. But even in hindsight, now that I got married, I wish I would have had more counseling because there would have been so many things that we could have missed that we went through that maybe we didn't need to had we talked about it more up front. I wish I would have had more teaching. How many of you are in a position or in a job where you have to have continuing education? That means you're not done. Do we all understand that? that there's none of us in our lives, and especially when it comes to our Christian walk with God, where we're ever gonna come to that point where we've said, I have it all? Folks, we're just scratching the surface of one part of this thing. Now we are gonna go to heaven, and we are gonna spend time with God, but guess what? We're never gonna stop learning. Some of these weird myths about heaven, about floating around on clouds, or going hunting or playing golf or <laughs> teeing off on number one in heaven. Just not today. But we are constantly going to be in a place of learning. Amen? And so it's good to learn here so that when we get there, I don't want to be in there with the little kindergartners. You know, I will have been in this for 30-something years. I at least want to be in like fifth grade. That was the best three years of my life. I love the fifth grade. I'm sorry. Do you hear my heart? We have, you're here this morning because I feel like you want to be taught something. And I believe that's what the Word of God is made for. One of the main things that it's made for is to teach us how to live in this earth that God has planted us in so that we can prosper even in times of famine, that we can do well when the world says there's COVID and, and all these types of things, that we've got a higher way, we've got a better way, I've got a revelation that my God is greater than anything that's being thrown against me right now. But the only way that comes, if you want Bible things to happen to you, you have to do the things that they did in the Bible. 
I can't expect the blessing or all the benefits without spending any time. That's like saying, I want all the muscles and I want to look great, but I never want to go to the gym. I never want to diet, but I want all the blessings of those things. I want all the health that that can give me. Pastor Jack, whatever you tell me, if I can sit here and watch TV and get in shape, I would do it. There's no physical way for you to do that. We have to get up and what? Oh, move. It's so funny in my gym, and I've been at the same gym almost as long as I've been here. You see people come to the gym for the first time, and they're wearing stuff from when they stopped working out 20 years ago. Because you'll see some pump-up shoes on somebody, and you'll be like, they haven't made those in like 35 years. But this guy kept them, praise God. He's got his coach short, his net shirt, and when he used to work out after high school, you can tell this is what he used to wear. That's the last time he worked out. I got guys at my gym that I don't even know why they're there. They walk in, they change clothes, which is the biggest exertion of strength that there is. They go upstairs, they look for people to talk to, then they say, woof, this has been tough. They go downstairs, they take a steam bath, and they go home. And they do it every day. And they're home like, honey, I crushed it today. That upper mandible, I mean, I worked it like there was no tomorrow. I talked and talked and talked. We can't fool ourselves like that when we come to church and think because we just get dressed and we came that somehow we're going to get something. We have to apply our faith to what we're doing this morning. And I know I'm taking a long time and I'm trying to be funny to make this point, but it's important for you to know that if we're gonna receive anything today by faith, it's gonna take you pulling a little bit. I need your faith this morning. There's a lot of people not here because they're home dealing with sickness, illness, and disease. We need our faith today. We gotta to help our brothers and sisters. Amen? So, Philippians chapter four, verse nine, out of the New Living Translation. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me, Paul, and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Let me read that again. Keep putting into practice all that you have learned and received from me, Paul, and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. We have to continue. Remember the first revelation you ever got? Do you remember that first revelation? Maybe it was love. Maybe it was faith. Maybe it was healing. Do you remember that first part of the word that you fell in love with? For Peter, was it, was it Peter, what, Christ in you? Is that big in you, Peter? Christ in you? Yes, it is. In Christ or Christ in you. That's big with Peter. Everything I see from Peter, it starts with that. What's the first revelation that's got? What's the first thing God said to you from his word? Do you remember it? Do you remember how it made you feel? Do you remember you're like, oh my gosh, the lights just came on. I could see, I couldn't see before, but now I could see. You got a revelation from his word. Do you remember? See, that's how it's supposed to be with us over and over and over. We're supposed to be spending so much time in his word that that treasure box is popping open and we're finding treasure. See, it's buried treasure. It's not hidden, hidden from you. It's hidden for you. God's not hiding his truth from you. He's hiding it for you. But we have to do our part. We have to be diligent. We have to go after him. Amen diligently seeking him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For those who come to him must believe that he is and that he's a what? 
a rewarder of him who diligently seeks him. Faith is, a, is an aggressive stance. I'm going after God. I'm not waiting for things to come to me. I'm going after it. But if we don't spend any time in the word, we don't know that. And the more scripture you know, there's more hooks of the thing that you're believing for to help bring it in. If all you know is John 3, 16, and that's a great verse, you got one little hook that you're trying to pull on all the promises of God with one little hook. But when I add more word and more word and more word and more word and more word, now I got all this scripture and all this word. Now I'm pulling into my reality what I couldn't see yesterday. Why is it? Because I got a revelation of God's word. I love John 3.16. It'll be at all the football games today for everyone to see. But man, when you get into the word of God, when someone teaches me, when someone taught me that I could use my faith like a mechanic uses a tool or an artist uses a brush, I got excited about my life because I found out that I'm just not subject to everything taking place in this earth. I found out that I'm not powerless. I found out that I could believe God for more. I found out I don't have to be sick. I don't have to be tired. I don't have to be alone. I found out that I got a God of covenant and that by faith, nothing is impossible with him. But if you don't know that, this is some religious tradition we got all dressed up this morning. I'm the only one wearing a tie. Peter? Ah, oh, Peter. You failed me, Peter. I'm kidding. I love you, Peter. But this is just a religious experience. Like many other places all over the earth. I want to get something from God this morning. Amen? And it, you know, I don't have to preach two hours for you to get it. But if I did preach two hours, you wouldn't know it because it'd be so good. You'd be like, I don't even know what time it was. Some of you are waiting for the air conditioner to turn off so you'll know that I'll stop. <laughs> James chapter three, verse 13. And this is, this is our stance. This is our position. And this is out of the Weymouth translation, translation the Weymouth translation. James 3.13, which of you is a wise and well-instructed man? Let him prove it by a right life and with conduct guided by a wisely teachable spirit. That is something that you and I can use our faith on this morning. Say this, say, I have a teachable spirit. I have a teachable spirit. Spirit, that is a key to a healthy, successful life. If we will always stay in a place where I am teachable, I always want to stay in a place that when I hear the word of God, that I don't think I've, I, I have not, I've not exhausted that verse, that there's still meat on the bone. Amen. There's something new for each of us. If we will always stay in that place where I am teachable, it's easy for God. It's when I close up my ears and I say, I've heard that. I know that. I've done that. I've seen that a million times. I've heard it a million times. We are not teachable. Listen to me. And I'm jumping a little bit ahead, but humility and being teachable are synonymous. If we will stay in that place of humility, 
where I don't think I know it all. See, earthly knowledge puffs up. Earthly wisdom makes me, because it's all just wisdom just for me. Look at how much I know. I can't stand being around people that try and show me or tell me how much they know. I've been at the same gym for 30 plus years. I know a lot of personal trainers. I know a lot of these personal trainers, they know a lot. But to look at them, you would go, oh, he ain't gonna train me. Because they don't practice what they preach. They don't look like I wanna look. There's very few that look the way that I wanna look. Because you can tell they have knowledge, but they've now applied it and you can see it in play. We don't just want head knowledge. We want to do what Paul said and practice what we've learned. We have to continue practicing what we've learned. We are never going to pass where we don't have to love everybody all day, every day. We are never going to get to the point where we don't forgive. But we have to stay in the word to stay in that. To stay in that forgiveness, to stay in that walk of love, it takes faith, it takes teaching. I'm listening to teaching all the time, all the time. Now listen, when we talk about teaching, it's not going to listen to what 50 different people have to say. I stay within one camp, because I don't want one person telling me one thing and then another person spending two hours tearing it all down. I stay with the teaching that works for me. That's important. I stay with the teaching that works for me. That's the teaching that I listen to. Now, do other people from other camps, do they have great stuff? Absolutely, and I will listen to it. But my primary home base is that word of faith. Because word of faith will connect you to everything else that's out there. You anybody wanna be more holy? Takes faith. Huh, anybody wanna get married? Takes faith. Anybody wanna have kids? Now you're really talking faith. Everything that connects us to the good and grace of God, it takes faith to do it. That's why we teach faith so much. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Amen? I want to say, you want to be more um, um, compassionate for other people? It takes faith. It takes faith. We've got to find out what the Word says about it. 2 Timothy 3.14 but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. You have to remember, Paul saying, Timothy, guess what? I learned this from Jesus himself. What I am teaching you, Jesus taught me. Therefore, you can trust what he said. Now, let me ask you this, and I'm going to end with this. Would you ever knowingly continue in something that didn't work? Huh? If I'm your personal trainer and you've been coming to me for 30 years and there's been no change in your physical body, matter of fact, you're bigger and not in a good way. You still can't walk up a flight of stairs. Matter of fact, you have to take the elevator now. If you've gotten worse, not better, but you've continued coming to me as your personal trainer for 30 years, are you better or worse? I'm better, because you pay and you come and I don't have to do anything. Why would we want to continue in doctrines and in teachings that don't produce any fruit? If what you're listening to is just filled with strife and division, 
tearing down other parts of the body, I would ask you, what are you listening to? There's so many watchdogs to the word now. Sinners don't care what we're doing right now. There's no picket out there. There's nobody with a sign from any sinner that cares about anything that I'm saying. They don't care. They get excited when I fall, if I fall, because it reinforces what they believe about the church anyway, that we're a bunch of hypocrites. The people that fight me the most are Christians. They're the ones that make goofy videos about me. They're the ones that call me a heretic or those types of things or write goofy letters unsigned and say the Holy Spirit led him to do it. Man, what God, see, do you see where it's, what's happening? We just want you to know, and my parents have instilled this in us, the word of God is first place. And if there's a million people in here or one, we're never gonna change because it's the truth that sets us free. Amen? I don't think I'm 100% infallible. I'm sure I've missed it. But can I just encourage you, if I do say something that you don't understand, would you ask me about it and not just leave? And if you do leave over it, just tell me. Pastor, I just don't see or believe what you're saying. Man, I, I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for being honest with me. I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna re-listen or relearn what I just said to make sure that I'm, I wanna stay right. Amen? Let's stand to our feet. I got some good stuff. Next Sunday is Helps Sunday. Amen. It is Helps Sunday. And uh, I get to preach and teach on one of my favorite subjects, and that is being a part of the body of Christ and finding our place in the body and how vital you are to the body, that your supply is vital to the body of Christ, that you bring things to it that when we don't have it, we don't make it. And so I really want to encourage you to be here. I'm really excited about it. And uh, I think you will too. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, then uh, I would love the opportunity to lead you in a prayer. You're not joining a church. You're not joining a cult. You are entering into a relationship with the maker of heaven, that your father who created you like a, like a precision watch, he sat there and he created you at the, at the beginning of time. And he placed a little essence of himself inside of that watch so that when you got older, you would go, where did I come from and why am I here? So if you've never, ever, ever made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, just re repeat this after me. Say, dear Jesus, I want to know you. I invite you into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Please forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Guide me to a good church. Give me a hunger for your word. Heal me from all diseases. Deliver me from all addictions. But most importantly, be my best friend. I receive you, Jesus. Be Lord of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So beautiful. So beautiful, so beautiful. I can't tell you, man, I started this ride 31 years ago in February. It's the greatest ride there is. It's the most best Everest thing is Everest.
Amen. Please go pick up your heavily sugared up children. Bounce them out of the building into the car and get them restrained back in the car. Just know that Jesus is Lord, that we love you. We're here for you. And uh, we will see you next Sunday. Be blessed. You're dismissed.